This podcast is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for your life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. Thank you and happy listening. Yeah, this is our uh, second evening in uh, the uh, realm of the, the Mahayana. Um, so, yeah, if you were here last week, you would have heard uh, Ratnaprabha kind of uh, point to some of the principal themes uh, in the Mahayana. <coughs> um, and uh, this evening, uh, I'm going to take us on a little journey into one of these uh, magical realms. So, as uh, Ranaprabha was, was telling us, the, uh, the Mahayana uh, sutras, scriptures are full of these kind of fantastic, phantasmagorical universes upon universes upon universes. The numbers um, of beings and gods and men and bodhisattvas are vast. Um, and yeah, the Vimli Kirti Nadesha, uh, which we're going to be talking about, is no exception uh, in that in that respect. Um, so, <coughs> yeah, the uh, the there's a, the Vimli Kirti Nadesha. It's got a kind of a set, subtitle, which is the inconceivable emancipation. Um, so, uh, yeah, in the inconceivability of emancipation as understood in the Dharma is one of the kind of main themes of the, of the Sutta. Yeah. So uh, there are some, some alternative renderings of, of uh, inconceivable, uh, which is so unthinkable, inexpressible, ungraspable so yeah these are all uh, qualities of this of the the freedom that the Makirti uh, has in, is himself enjoying uh, but also that he's trying to communicate to others so I mean, I think maybe if we've delved a little bit into the Dharma ourselves and started to try and get a sense of what it is that's being communicated, the ungraspable nature of the realisation of the Buddha and consequent to that, Buddhists, has already started to become apparent to us. Yeah? Is that ungraspability? Yeah? Have, we, have we kind of found ourselves up against that slippery thing, yeah? So, Vimlakirti, uh, very much in this uh, tradition of uh, finding a way to teach 
to get us to help us to grasp the ungraspable. Um, and that's very much done. Uh, well, it's done in a, done in, in, a, in a number of different ways, um, but uh, not least, which is his kind of magical powers and his ability to uh, expand his house to accommodate three hundred and twenty thousand bodhisattvas on uh, lion thrones, which are several miles high. Um, as far as we know, uh, his uh, his, his house was of the normal domestic proportions. Uh, one of the interesting things about the Vakiti is that he is a, a lay man. Uh, he's, uh, he's, not a, uh, he's not a monk. He's not living the monastic life. He's living the lay life. Um, so, yeah, we don't have the kind of floor plan of his dwelling, but, yeah, it, this, this capacity for... Uh, for the chairs um, is magical. So he he's teaching the Dharma through magic, um, but he's also one of his particular methods is this uh, teaching of the Dharma door of non-duality. Um, so uh, it's uh, a method by which, well here. Uh, we're talking about dichotomies. So when we come on to it, we'll see. There's a particular formulation. You've got this, you've got that. They're different, but somehow the, that difference can be... If we can find the Dharma door of non-duality between these distinct these dualities, we find a way through, and somehow the impasse dissolves. So that's his, that's his method. And it's not just his method, of course, as we'll come on to look at. But before we get on to the specifics of the Dharma door of non-duality, maybe just, uh, it might be nice just to have a little kind of uh, a mise-en-scene uh, of, the, uh, of the action of the, uh, of the sutra. Um, so uh, the Buddha does appear in this, in this uh, tale. Uh, he's there at the beginning. Uh, he's giving a teaching. Um, and uh, then uh, some Lichavi youths turn up. Have we heard of the Lichavi youths? Do we, we might come across them in another place. So Lichavi is a place. Vimakirti is from Lichavi. So uh, these Lichavi youths uh, turn up uh, with um, a bodhisattva called Ratnakara. Um, they're noted for having rather nice umbrellas, these lichavi youths, or parasols, which are bejeweled, as parasols often are in, in the Mahayana. Um, and, yeah, there are lots of kind of uh, formal niceties take place in this sutta. You know, everyone's always very, very polite to each other, and they ask after each other, how are you doing, the Buddha? Yeah, how are you? How's your father? Up, up, up. Um, so we have these niceties, um, and then there is a, uh, a question gets asked. You know, one of the bodhisattvas, mm-hmm. and so uh, someone asks um, the Buddha, how do we build a Buddha land? Um, and the Buddha uh, is able to respond um, 
these uh, it's, it's architectural skills come, come into play. But yes, of course, it's, uh, building a Buddha land is all about uh, relationships, uh, he goes on to say. Um, meanwhile, elsewhere, so we've got a bit of a split uh, uh, line of action going on here. Uh, Vimlakirti, uh, at home, sick. So uh, <coughs> Vimlakirti uh, is, as I said, he's, he's a layman. He lives the lay life. Um, but uh, he, he is actually a, a bodhisattva in disguise, you could say. Um, and uh, he uh, is all things to all men. So I'll, I'll just read a little bit uh, in, in this, uh, from, the, from, the, from the sutra itself. Uh, so this is uh, Thurman's, uh, Rob, Bob Thurman's uh, translation. So this is Vimakirti. In order to be in harmony with people, <coughs> he associated with elders, with those of middle age, and with the young. Yet always spoke in harmony with the Dharma. He engaged in all sorts of businesses, yet had no interest in profit or possessions. To train living beings, he would appear at crossroads and on street corners. Maybe you've seen him. And to protect them, he participated in government. Doesn't say what party he was played for. <laughs> uh, to turn people away from the Hinayana and to engage them in the Mahayana, he appeared among listeners and teachers of the Dharma. To develop children, he visited all the schools. To demonstrate the evils of desire, he entered the brothels. To establish drunkards in correct mindfulness, he entered all the cabarets. Fantastic. Well, life is a cabaret. I think, did you mention casinos as well? That might be the other translation. Of cabarets. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, this is uh, what we call uh, skillful means. So, that might be, again, a phrase that you've come across in the context of the, uh, particularly the, the Mahayana Bodhisattvas. So, yeah, uh, behaving in ways which on the out, from which externally might look to be unethical, but in fact, because of his uh, intention, uh, which is to relieve the suffering of others, always, um, actually, it's not unskillful, it's skillful. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is, um, this is also described as the, uh, his, his, his excellence in liberative technique. So, if you want to develop a nice kind of uh, motto for your modus operandi, yeah, you could try. You could probably do worse than that. Yeah. So yes, let us all become masters in liberative technique. So this is the kind of compassion element um, of his uh, practice. So his ability to uh, go where, go anywhere, meet anyone and uh, help them to understand the Dharma. Uh, so there's this kind of, as we talk about this, there's a kind of sort of implicit, sometimes there's sort of implicit or inherent criticism of the, 
of the uh, uh, of the Hinayana in the Mahayana. Um, I mean, we can get into all kinds of problems if we see this as a as a fixed truth. Well, we get into if we see anything as a fixed truth, we're in a problem. But uh, uh, so yeah, there's this sense that the Mahayana was there was kind of uh, part of its uh, the reason why it kind of came into prominence was to re-emphasize the uh, uh, the kind of the the importance of uh, helping to relieve the suffering of others uh, rather than as a an individual path, yeah. Um, so he has all these gifts. Uh, he has these this capacity. Um, he's highly regarded. In fact, he's actually highly feared, as we'll see. Um, but he's sick, uh, or he's pretending to be sick. Actually, his being sick is another of his skillful means. Um, so, uh, switch back to the Buddha. Uh, the Buddha, through his supernormal powers, knows that Vimalakirti is sick. Um, probably knows why, but uh, anyway, he, he, he says, Ooh, uh, would someone like to go and uh, knock on Vimalakirti's door and ask after his health? See how he's doing. Um, and uh, yeah, then there's this vast uh, array of bodhisattvas and, and spiritual beings all give their reasons why uh, actually I'd rather not. Um, and they all tell this, this same tale of uh, how they were out and about doing their business, teaching the Dharma as they thought it was, and Vimla Kirti rocks up and uh, tells them actually this, you know, this isn't the way to do it. This is not the way to teach the Dharma. Um, and uh, gives them some uh, pithy uh, instruction as to uh, why their version of the Dharma is limited um, and uh, how they really should be doing, uh, should be teaching. Uh, so uh, that's that is our chapter called The Disciple's Reluctance to Visit Vimalakirti um, and then The Bodhisattva's Reluctance to, uh, to Visit Vimalakirti, all because you know they've got their tails between their legs a little bit because Vimalakirti is so. On it. Um, anyway, eventually Manjusri, um, who I think we was, we mentioned Manjusri last week, didn't we? So Bodhisattva of, uh, of of wisdom with his sword, he kind of yeah, uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, so uh, uh, Manjusri goes to Vimalakirti's house. He takes a multitude of beings. With him, um, and uh, asks after the uh, uh, asks after Vimalakirti's health, and then they have these one of these fantastic kind of dialectical conversations in which, uh, for instance, uh, Manjushri, householder, where should emptiness emptiness be sought? Vimalakirti, Manjushri, emptiness should be sought among the sixty-two convictions. Manjushri. Where should the 62 convictions be sought? Vimalakirti. They should be sought in the liberation of the Tathagatas. Manjushri. Where should the liberation of the Tathagatas be sought? Vimalakirti. It should be sought in the prime mental activity of all living beings. Etc. Etc. So they, you know, they, they, <coughs> they, they're good sparring partners, these two. Yeah? But Vimalakirti is always going to win. 
uh, then uh, uh, we are, he asks after his sickness in particular um, and why he is sick. Um, and uh, Vimalakirti talks about the sickness uh, and why, why all beings are sick. That's why he's sick. He is sick because all beings are sick. Um, and uh, here's a bit, he says, Manjushri, a sick bodhisattva, should control his own mind with the following consideration. <clears throat> Sickness arises from total involvement in the process of misunderstanding from beginningless time. It arises from the passions that result from unreal mental constructions and help, hence, ultimately, nothing is perceived which can be said to be sick. Why? The body is the issue of the four main elements, and in these elements there is no owner and no agent. So you might get a sense, you know, this, this sickness that the uh, that Vimalakirti is, is uh, manifesting is that same uh, sickness that we uh, all suffer from, uh, this side of uh, enlightenment, which is this sense of... Uh, the, the, the false sense of self. Um, and what is? how do we get rid of the sickness? So he talks about it in terms of eliminations. What is the elimination of sickness? It is the elimination of egoism and possessiveness. What is the elimination of egoism and possessiveness? It is the freedom from dualism. What is the freedom from dualism? It is the absence of involvement with either the internal or the external. It is non-deviation, non-fluctuation and non-distraction. So again, this is just to give you a kind of flavour of the way that Vim uh, Lekirti uh, carries on in this rather sort of uh, uh, metaphysical style. Yeah? Um. Meanwhile, uh, Sariputta is part of this story, um, and yeah, uh, Sariputta uh, is kind of uh, Thurman describes him as the fall man uh, in this account, and he kind of represents the the sort of literalistic um, Hinayana kind of mindset. So suddenly he's thinking, "Wow, all these people have turned up here. Where are they all going to sit?" And uh, Vimalakirti knows what's going on in this guy's in Sariputta's head, and he says, "Have you come here for the Dharma or for a for a chair?" So this is one of the famous scenes in the in in the Vimalakirti, um, and uh, <coughs> in Sangracha's uh, um, commentary on it, he says, "Well, you know, this is an interesting question for us all to ask, actually. You know, not just about." Have we come for a chair? But uh, what have we come here for? Um, and yeah. how kind of um, are we? Are we really kind of oriented to our full potential, um, or are we kind of coming here for something less than our full potential? So, yeah, you'll, I'm afraid you'll often find in, in groups of Buddhists who are familiar with this text. Chairs and you know, have you come here for a chair? That if any opportunity arises to, to, to tell this, to tell that tale or crack that joke, they'll do it. 
Yeah. So now you can now you can join in. Um, <clears throat> um, that's okay. The Buddha supplies the chairs. Three hundred twenty thousand chairs. No worries. Um, no, I don't. You know, they haven't got Allen keys or anything, so there's no kind of self-assembly required. They're just there. They're big. Um, uh, then, uh, oh, uh, flowers start falling. He brings on some heavenly flowers start to falling. They stick to some people. They don't stick to other people. Lots of <coughs> interesting uh, meanings to be drawn from that. Uh, Saraputta goes through a sex change um, and back again uh, by a goddess. I mean, it happens all the time, doesn't it? But, you know, here it is. Here it's happening. Um, uh, Saraputta's a bit alarmed by that. But um, anyway, ah, then... Then, uh, then we get into the, the way of non-duality in the sutta. We'll come back to that. Uh, then the lunch, lunch break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, time for lunch. Uh, Sariput is a bit. He, he, he gets. He's a, he's a, he's a bit uh, worried about this because his monastics have to eat before twelve. Yeah. So he's getting a bit. More, um, but it's all right. Uh, then the Kirti understands. The, the situation, and um, he has this kind of um, intergalactic delivery kind of uh, <laughs> setup going, uh, where uh, he sends he sends off one of his one of his guys off to some uh, far distant uh, universe uh, where the Dharma is taught through perfumes, um, and he gets he gets some ambrosia, brings it back. Everyone has a has a nice time. Oh, and, and oh, 90 million bodhisattvas come back with him as well because they want to hear. They want to hear what Vimalakirti said. So, and actually, they, the Saha world, this world where we are, they're like, "Ooh, that's that's tricky down there." Well, let's go and see what what are they up to there. That's really hard. It's hard work there. You know, here we teach the Dharma in perfumes. You know, very nice. But so they want to go and check. 90 million turn up, but. They, their boss says, before they go, you better switch off the perfumes because it might just blow people's minds if all of you turn up there with your perfumes going full on. So, so if you can't smell the perfumes now, it's just because they've toned things down. Um, uh, yeah, the Buddha teaches again. Um, oh, then they want to know where Vimakirti came from and it's some far distant galaxy, uh, far, far away, Abharati. Um, he, uh, through his magical powers condenses that into, fits into his hand, and everyone has a look at it, and the people inside it are having a look at the other people, um, and they're all enjoying it tremendously. Everyone's very, very happy. There's a lot, people get very happy in this. So, yeah. um, and then we end with a teaching on the four great reliances. And so, yeah, that's, that's a kind of a run-through of the, uh, the structure um, and I hope you've got a, a sense of this. Uh, Sangharaj refers to it as transcendental science fiction. Yeah. So uh, I, hope, I hope I hope I've managed to convey uh, some of that some of that quality to you. Okay. So, uh, but let's specifically look at this this uh, bit of the sutta where uh, Vimalakirti is. Uh, Talking about the the Dharma door of uh, of non duality. 
Um, so, uh, so we're, we maybe we're familiar with this uh, the, with the middle way. Yeah, if you come across this uh, in, in in your in your study of Buddhism. So, uh, in some ways, uh, the middle way. Uh, so when the Buddha taught it, uh, we can understand it as being a kind of um, uh, an avoidance of extremes. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, uh, you know, as a young man, the Buddha lived a very kind of hedonistic life. Then he lived. Then he lived a highly ascetic life, you know, eating a grain of rice a day or stuff. Those images of him as a kind of skeleton. And then he then he realized actually neither of these works, and he needed to find a, uh, a sort of uh, a position of moderate uh, of moderate intake and of nourishment. Um, but uh, so that's 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 in this that's this this, this kind of uh, diagram here. So you've got one extreme, another extreme, and somewhere in the middle, there's a kind of uh, a way, a balance point. Yeah. But there's another way of understanding uh, the teaching in the middle way, uh, which is uh, this diagram, which I'm sure I don't have to explain, do I? I mean, it's clearly it's, it's obvious what's being... no. Uh, uh, so here again, you've got the same. You've got the you've got the two uh, poles. Um, but uh, rather than the middle way being somewhere in between them, it's actually somewhere above them or below them. Or, you know, it's not on that same axis. Yeah? It's, it's an understanding or a position or, or a realisation that means that what we thought actually were dualistic, were, were distinct, were poles apart, are actually understood to be not poles apart. They, so the difference collapses. Yeah. So this is this is what we call the kind of the transcendent function. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that kind of sense of uh, you know, maybe maybe you think you're maybe you think you're uh, British, maybe you think you're French, but you know, uh, no, that doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe you're German, maybe you're French, but yeah, if you kind of if you pull back. Uh, from above, you can see that you're all still you're all part of the same landmass. Yeah, so that 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 distinction functions at the level that you're at, at the kind of you know, yeah, that horizontal level. But if you if you get a higher uh, uh, perspective on it, suddenly you realise that there's a there's a wholeness there. Yeah. Um, but of course, uh, you know, we we're always thinking in terms of dualities. Um, and uh, Sangrasha has uh, something to say on this. He says, uh, we ourselves are creatures of duality. Our consciousness is dualistic. Our experience is dualistic. Our thoughts and words and deeds are dualistic. Our understanding and practice of the Dharma is dualistic. The Dharma itself is expressed in terms of content, concepts which are pairs of opposites. Skillful, unskillful, mundane, transcendental, conditioned, unconditioned, bondage, liberation, defilement, purity. We have to use dualistic expressions 
as a means to realise non-dual reality. We have no alternative. Uh, so, yeah, the point being made here uh, is that the reality to which, which the, the Dharma is trying to get us to uh, experience is non-dual. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice introduction. Yeah. You do it again. Perfect. There it is. There's a, there's. I couldn't, have done, couldn't have said it better myself. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, uh, Advaya is the, uh, is the Sanskrit word. Uh, non-dual. Um, so, no differentiations there. But in order to try and uh, communicate what that is, we inevitably have to take recourse to concepts. Um, and as soon as we start to take recourse to concepts, we're in a, a dualistic realm. So, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I imagine we've kind of come across this knotty, ungraspable issue uh, as we try and kind of uh, get a sense of what the, the Buddha is trying to uh, help us to, to see. Um, so, uh, this this method, uh, this... this uh, using the, the middle way, the transcendent function, the reconciliation of dichotomies, is a kind of uh, a way of trying to help us poor, benighted, ignorant beings to uh, break through that, that tendency to, to polarise and to see things in terms of this and that. Uh, let's just all take a breath. Ah. Um, so uh, the, the the chapter itself uh, in the text is I mean uh, there's about twenty different statements made by different bodhisattvas about uh, finding uh, non, the non-dual and I'll just I'll just give you a few of these again it will just give you a, a flavour of of what sort of things uh, are being uh, discussed so. The Bodhisattva Shrikutta declared, defilement and purification are two. When there is thorough knowledge of defilement, there will be no conceit about purification. The path leading to the complete conquest of all conceit is the entrance into non-duality. The Bodhisattva Animisa declared, grasping and non-grasping are two. What is not grasped is not perceived, and what is not perceived is neither presumed nor repudiated. Thus, the inaction and non-involvement of all things is the entrance into non-duality. So don't, don't necessarily feel that you've got a Follow follow these as we go on. I'm just trying to give you a sense of of how they're uh, of of how these people are uh, these bodhisattvas are expressing themselves. Uh, the bodhisattva Simhamati declared to say this is impure and this is immaculate makes for duality. One who attaining equanimity forms no conception of impurity 
or immaculateness, yet is not utterly without conception, has equanimity without any attainment of equanimity. He enters the absence of conceptual knots. Thus, he enters into non-duality. Thomas is rubbing his head. Are you right? Is that your conceptual knot? Yes, it must have been. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, well. Uh, see if we can find the find the absence of, of the conceptual knot. Just one more. I'm picking I'm picking these out completely at random, by the way. Uh, the Bodhisattva Gambira Mati declared it is dualistic to say that voidness is one thing, signless, signlessness another, and wishlessness still another. What is void has no sign. What has no sign has no wish. Where there is no wish, there is no process of thought, mind or consciousness. To see the doors of all liberation in the door of one liberation is the entrance into non-duality. So, uh, yeah, and there's a couple more pages um, and they continue along in a kind of similar vein. So you'll see there's a, there's a kind of set uh, kind of uh, liturgy to this. You know? You've got this, you've got that. Uh, and, but if you could only see that, then you'd know that these two weren't different. Yeah? Can I get that? Uh, then at the end of the, at the, end of the chapter, uh, Manjushri, um, who we'll remember was the guy who went off and Prepared, was prepared to go and ask Vimakirti uh, why he was sick. So you know he's 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 got some uh, he's got some confidence. Uh, he says, "Good sirs, you have all spoken well. Nevertheless, all your explanations are themselves dualistic. To know no one teaching, to express nothing, to say nothing, to explain nothing, to announce nothing, to indicate nothing, and to designate nothing. That." is the entrance into non-duality. So saying, yeah, well, you know, not bad, but actually, you know, you've, you've, you've failed right from the start, actually, because straight away you've, you've, you've started introducing this kind of dualistic mindset into your, uh, uh, into your offerings. Then the Crown Prince Manjushri said to the Lichavi Vimlakirti, we have all given our teachings, noble sir, now may you elucidate the teaching of the entrance into the principle of non-duality. Anyone know what happens next? He remains silent. He remains silent. Yes, he remains silent. So yeah, in a way, this that's the this is the, that's the kind of pinnacle moment of the uh, of the sutta, uh, you could say. I mean, there's lots of other wonderful things going on, but that that uh, that that silent roar, um, which the Buddha does as well at times. But yeah, that's. That's the kind of uh, climax of the piece. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, which I'm sure you'll get the point. You know, there's, there's, yeah. As soon as we open our mouths, um, we've already entered into a, uh, a dualistic frame. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, you can you can study these these uh, these non-dual doors, and, and maybe you know, maybe they'll they'll make a little bit of uh, sense to you. Uh, but yeah, they 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 do tend to the rather kind of um, uh, well, yeah. I mean, they're trying to break down the conceptual, but. Uh, uh, they're rather hard to penetrate. So, actually, what uh, what Sangrachta does in his commentary on this piece is actually to kind of uh, suggest, well, why don't we just kind of step it down a notch or two, um, and to see if we can actually uh, uh, find some polarities in our own lives uh, that we can apply this technique to, um, and see if we can find a dharma door of non-duality between. Uh, maybe things which are a little less um, uh, transcendental, yeah, to use that word. Um, so, uh, so uh, these are some of the uh, the, the pairings that uh, that Sangrachta, um, uh suggests might be worth uh, uh, reflecting on for ourselves so we'll just start with the top one I mean actually that one is actually in the is in the Vimakirti Udesha that is that is one but uh, 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 that's from the the Bodhisattva Badrajyotis um, so distraction and attention are two uh, if there is no distraction uh, sorry we um, Distraction, we might recognise that from our, from our own meditation practice. Yeah? Distraction. Uh, yeah? And attention. Yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah? Have we, have we been both in both those places? Okay? So distraction and attention are two. If there is no distraction, there is neither attention nor reflection or interest. This absence of interest is the entry into non-duality. And Sangrashta goes on to uh, say that uh, this kind of, the, the quality of interest uh, is actually, um, it's about, well, I'll see. Um, if we are to learn to concentrate in meditation, we will have to find the doorway to non-duality. We have to question the terms of the situation. We have to realise it's not enough to try to sustain attention by means of an act of will. If distractions arise when we are meditating, we have not understood ourselves deeply enough. So he's kind of pointing to this. You know, this we talked about this as a, as, as a point above, but it can be you know it can be a point below, of course. Yeah. So uh, we have not understood ourselves deeply enough. There are psychological factors at work within us which we are not conscious. We need to become conscious of them, take them into consideration, in a word, become more integrated. When we are more integrated, the different elements will no longer be in conflict and we will no longer have to oscillate 
between them, between distraction and attention. Yeah. So integration is the Dharma door between distraction and attention. Yeah. So if we become more integrated, luckily the mindfulness of breathing, of course, is an integration practice, so you know, we're, we're, we're on to something there. Uh, then that, that pole between distraction and attention collapses. It's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but yeah, maybe let's have another look. Let's have a, a little look at uh, some of these others ones. So, uh, masculine and feminine are two. So, any thought as to what the Dharma door of non-duality between the between masculine and feminine might be? Unconsciousness. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. So there's that idea of a kind of a. Uh, uh, of a kind of non-gendered, perhaps, identity. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, actually, when 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 Sariputta gets undergoes his sex change, uh, there's a kind of there's a there's a point of androgyny within within that. Uh, so yeah, I think there's. I mean, there's a whole kind of whole interesting question around androgyny like I mean often the, the bodhisattvas in, in the sort of Tibetan tankers are shown to be quite androgynous so that so yeah there's certainly a tradition of andro- androgeneity in, uh, in Buddhist uh, uh, I- iconography uh, any other any other another duality birth and death uh, thank you yes well um we might come out of one, but yeah. Um, no, no, and, I mean and, that yeah. for the masculine and feminine, because of both, there is, I suppose, a gender, but there's doesn't seem to be as important. We we become androgynous at death, at, at the extremes of age. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, um, yeah, and I mean, but obviously, you know, birth and death is a is a is a major polarity. Um, and in a way, that's it's the kind of um, I mean, the the main kind of polarity that the Buddha set up was between nihilism and, and eternalism. Yeah, we we come across that. So uh, the Buddha eternalism, eternalism. Yes, right. yeah. So this idea that at death we either you know nothing's there, it's gone, or we live forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the Buddha says. Both of these are wrong. Do we, do we have to go back on the monopoly board if, if we use a Dharma door that's another duality? Yeah, yeah. Do not pass go. Okay. Yeah. Do not collect 200 sticks of incense. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, you know, we're going to get it wrong, so let's, you know, let's accept that. But uh, you know, if, we, if we keep kind of chipping away at some point, uh, we might, the collapse might take place. Yeah. So actually, what uh, what uh, Sangrasha suggests is is the Dharma door between these two is 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 individuality. Um, 
I mean, that's he, Sangrasha talks a lot about the true individual. Um, so yeah, in a way, that's a kind of it's a bit of sort of uh, uh, pre-Ratna FWBO jargon, you could say, um, the individual. Um, but certainly, yeah, that kind of sense of uh, someone for whom their gender identity is not such a significant uh, part of of who they are and what they do in the world. Uh, organizer and organized. This might this one might uh, speak to some tensions in some people's experiences. Uh, maybe not so much if you're self-employed, but if you're employed by another, maybe I don't know. Um, any idea as to what the the Dharma door of non-duality uh, might be? Revolution. Hmm. Uh, but how is that revolution to uh, come about? Well, you just have to eradicate the ruling class, and then the two artists no longer present. <laughs> <laughs> See how deeply you are mired in this sickness. <laughs> how sick you are. Or hmm. 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 Uh, so. Uh, his suggestion is cooperation is the Dharma door of non-duality between organiser and organised. Yeah? So if, co- if cooperation is present, then you know, there's no need for an organiser to organise anyone. Yeah? So the, in a culture of cooperation... Mm-hmm. Those poles collapse. Uh, teacher and taught. So sorry, that's yeah. that, that's not a viewpoint though, is it? That's for people to take on a new culture. So I'm I'm, I'm a bit confused there about this um, Dharma door story. I thought I thought we were taking on a new viewpoint through this. Uh, co-op. You don't think cooperation. That's not for me. That's not. A, that's for everybody. Everybody would have to take on that viewpoint of cooperation for that dharma door to be opened. I suppose it's just me. I can. I can see that having a viewpoint of everybody being individual and yeah. okay. you know, with, with yeah. Well, I suppose that is. Yeah, I mean that. Component for me. Yeah. And you can maintain your sickness of, of believing this masculine feminine, not you personally, but one can. <clears throat> Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, which of course does point to the you know, the, the the difficulty of uh, generating uh, a cooperative environment. Um, but I think uh, so. This, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, confused because I thought yeah. we're the path to this is a this is a, for, for individuals to reach enlightenment. But from that viewpoint, it would have to be. Everybody, all at once, would have to reach that viewpoint to have the door to enlightenment open. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, remember we're step we're stepping down a little bit from that from that kind of more from from the enlightenment perspective. We're saying that's just trying to get us to get a bit more into our kind of day to day life. If you did that, sure. that immediately organised or organised feels like if you're at work, yeah. and someone tells you what to do, yeah, uh, to be able to rather than be 
in a position where you're being told what to do. You're cooperating with the person, so there's no boss or yeah, you know, whatever whatever the other worker would be. Yeah, like I'm thinking of my work particularly. Sure, cooperation is the best. You know, it's the best example of work. Yeah, and you get a better it's the most, coming out. Yeah, it's the most friction-free, creative way of doing it. But as Thomas says, it does. It does. It. It's not just something that one person can do. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm going to be in a. Well, I guess if one person decides they're going to cooperate at all times and they, and they are sufficiently skillful at that, they can have a cultural, you know, have a cultural effect. I mean, I guess. Um, you, you but it's. I, I was just thinking. I mean. Yes, those Dharma doors of non-duality can only open when the conditions are right, aren't they? So in this mm. one, I suppose, the con- collective conditions, conditions would have to be right for that to be possible, is what you're getting at. Paul. I think so. I mean, maybe I yeah. misunderstood the, yeah. the purpose of what we're doing here. But. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, I'll... At some point, the, 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 that sort of distinction between self and another starts to kind of collapse as well. But again, we're maybe a little bit further down the, the road than, uh, than what we're trying to get to here. Um, should we try a few more? Te- so teacher and taught are two. Uh, any idea what Sangrach just suggests might be the... the the Dharma door of non-duality, and it's quite similar to cooperation, actually. Knowledge. Yeah. So what? Both, both of both sharing in in the knowledge, perhaps. Isn't there a, a kind of interplay though? Because I thought teachers learn from the people they're teaching. Well, that's possible. So yeah, I mean, Sangash's suggestion is communication right. is the Dharma door. Yeah. So where there's real communication, and again, and there's, that's got a lot behind it. That's a kind of jargon word. You know, where there's real communication, then yeah, that that differentiation between those two positions collapses because the communication is is, is both ways. Yeah. Uh, God and man are two. So. That's an interesting one for a Buddhist to, uh, to, to take on. I thought God was a woman, so we're back to that message. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Well done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give him a prize later. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, actually, the, again, this uh, blasphemy, uh, Sangrasha suggests, is the Dharma door to non-duality. Uh, again, Sangrasha is quite, uh, quite into blasphemy as a practice. So, as a way of kind of uh, uh, helping us to see our Christian conditioning, uh, male and female are two. Celibacy is the entrance into non-duality. Uh, so, perhaps a little similar to androgyny uh, in that in that way. Um, Anything you'd like to say about celibacy? <laughs> <laughs> silence, just silence, <laughs> silence, perfect. Yeah. So, uh, if there's a kind of you know, there's a there's a tension between male and female, sexual tension, um, and yeah, that uh, 
celibacy as a kind of means of uh, uh, sort of sublimating uh, sexual energy, sexual attraction, uh, then that differentiation um, or that tension collapses. Uh, and individual and group. So uh, again, you know, this is one for the for our for our day and age. So uh, this this uh, tension between uh, you know, individual rights and group rights and responsibilities and that. I mean, it's a it's a massive kind of political uh, discourse, isn't it? Uh, individual and group are two. Spiritual community is the Dharma door into non-duality. So that is yeah, what we call Sangha. So and, you know, and the particular kind of uh, communication, uh, communication, cooperation, um, and uh, the, the kind of qualities that that uh, that is uh, taught in Sangha. Uh, is understood to be to uh, mean that the the, dif- the differentiation between individual and group collapses. Uh, so, so, when you say masculine, feminine, male, female, yeah, um, so that sort of masculine, feminine as sort of cultural concepts, and male, female as actual biological. Gender? Is that, is that what that's about? Uh, yes, that's yeah. Um, I mean, actually, I've, I've got. The, do we know this? Uh, do we know this 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 image of the uh, the caduceus, uh, which is a kind of uh, pictorial representation of uh, of this one? Actually, um, I mean, it's it's this is a kind of Western version, but of course, uh, it's also it exists in the east. So uh, the one serpent is uh, masculine, the other serpent is the feminine. So this is the kind of left and right channels in kind of esoteric tantric Buddhism. Um, but also, you know, it's from the Greek, isn't it? So there's that whole kind of, this is Asclepius's staff. So that whole kind of interesting area of, of where Greek. Uh, Metaphysics and, and and Buddhist metaphysics crossed over in Afghanistan, um, but yeah. So then, the Dharma door to non, of non-duality is this uh, central uh, channel. Um, but yeah. So I just I love this image. So I just I thought I, I thought I would bring it along. Um, so. Just a few minutes left. Um, so what I've yeah, tried to do, well, I've kind of tried to kind of give us a sense of what's going on in the in the Vimla Kirtan Desha, but then then also this particular method um, of uh, identifying opposites and then finding uh, another position in which those two opposites are no longer uh, poles apart; they become part of a of a whole. Um, and you know, of course, in a way, that's sort of what uh, as a, uh, the 
the entrance into the non-dual is, is where our kind of sense of ourselves as being in some way separate uh, from anything else starts to coll- collapses as well. Um, so, you know, this kind of central uh, problem of the, the I conceit, um, yeah, which the, the Buddha talks about, the, the ahankara, the mind, the mind maker, that bit of us that kind of continues this kind of version of ourselves all the time. Um, when we when we start to see that that is a false distinction, um, then yeah, that that principal difference between self and other uh, collapses. So, but what Sangrash is suggesting is if we work through some of these and maybe come up with our own as well uh, in our lives and. You know, pay some attention, pay some reflection, allow that stuff to kind of percolate. Feel what happens when we have those tensions and see if we can find some way of, of viewing those differences which actually means that that tension dissolves. Yeah? And we can do that more in the mundane then we start to kind of uh, get ourselves set up for the, uh, for the, for the bigger collapse to come. Where you get a two is in Zen and the koan. That's one way of doing that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't have a solution, but you have to rise above it. Yes. I mean, above and below. Mm. So, yes, there's a bit here from uh, Thurman. Uh, This reconciliation of dichotomies is in keeping with the traditional method of the middle way masters who had great skill in pitting polar opposites against each other to eliminate the fixedness of each. So that's what we're trying to get away from, the fixedness. And to free the mind of the student who applies himself to the polarities to open into the middle ground of reality beyond concepts. The great Chan and Zen master wielded the same double-edged sword in their earth-shaking statements and their illuminating activities. But yes, any, any kind of discussion of, of this matter uh, inevitably ends up in silence. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please help us keep this free. Make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. And thank you 